You're listening to Perry Noble's thoughts on leadership, vision, and creativity. You can find Perry online at perrynoble.com. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to part two of the New Spring DNA uh, podcast. Woo-hoo. This is uh, Perry Noble's leadership podcast. If you happen to get this one first, and if you did, there's a part one, and you should go listen to it now, and then come back. We'll wait for you. Okay, thanks okay, for coming good. back. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so we're going to pick up uh, where we left off. Uh, we were going through the New Spring DNA. We ended up last one with uh, the first core value for our staff, and that's listen to Jesus and do what he says. So we'll jump right in with number two, and that's commit to change. And for us, change, the word change isn't just a general term. It's actually an acrostic, and every letter means something. In so, honor of Rick Warren. In honor of Rick Warren. Who, yep. Which, I mean, why wouldn't we? Mr. Acrostic. Mr. Right there. Acrostic. Love him. I love him. It helps me remember. It does me, too. I'm not making fun of him. I'm legit. Me neither. I loved it. So here we go, uh, Perry. Let's just, uh, I'll let you walk through uh, C-H-A-N-G-E and tell the people why we want our uh, staff to commit to that. Okay. Uh, it's a lot of fun. C is care about people. Um, we're going to care about people. We're go- Everybody that we lock eyes with is somebody that Jesus died for. And that's one of those things we got to value because if we're not careful as a church staff, we'll begin to view people that maybe come to be prayed for or people that have problems or people that have issues, we'll begin to view them as, as weird people. And before you know it, we're the Pharisees calling them lepers. And before you know it, Jesus shows up and he's hanging out with them and not us. And so that's a dangerous place to be. And so if we always place a high value on people, um, I think... I really do think that puts us right in line with where Jesus would have been and what Jesus would have been doing. And so caring about people is not an option for um, people in our church. Yes, people can be frustrating. Yes, people are messy. Yes, people um, have problems. But if it weren't for people, we would not be um, employed. So I think it's good because sometimes church, quite frankly, if you're doing it a lot, it can be just become something you do. Yep. And not who you are. We yep. want to be the church. That's what I love about uh, letter C, care about people. Um, letter H is health. And when I say health, I mean emotional. Um, I want us to be emotionally healthy, and we gotta, you know, we're got we putting some measures in place to do that. Maybe we'll do a whole podcast on that in the future. Um, family health, you know, how is your marriage? H- how do your kids feel about you working at a church? That question matters to me as the pastor. Um, I want kids to be excited that their parents work at church, not hate the fact that their parents work at church. And so we're trying to put um, measures in place to make sure that's always true. Um, financial health, financial, physical, and spiritual. Let me say this, and this will sting, but I think it's got some truth to it. Some of the most overweight, in-depth, ungodly people I've ever met have been on church staff. And that, um, and, and, and like church staff's, across America or even across the world. Um, we should be physically healthy. Um, and people go, I'm genetically, you know, I'm genetically, I'm, I'm fat. And I'm like, no, genetically you can find a treadmill. And I know that's harsh, but I battled with weight issues all my life. And, and so I want our staff to be physically healthy. I want them to be spiritually healthy, walking a little bit closer to Jesus. I want them to be financially healthy. I want, like, if, if your whole staff is out of debt, Man, that's a fun staff to work with. Oh my gosh! And so that's um that's what that's what we say when we say health: emotional, family, financial, physical, spiritual. Um, A stands for awe. A W E. 
which means we're never going to forget where we came from. We're never going to forget. Uh, we're never going to stop preaching the gospel to ourselves, as John Piper says. Mm-hmm. You always have to preach the gospel to yourself, and we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to do that on a regular basis, and we're going to remind ourselves of where we were and how far God has brought us. And the, there's a the, the fact that we get paid to do what others have given their lives to do is one of those things that I don't think we should ever get over. Um, N is numbers. We place a high value on numbers. We're unapologetic about that. We have a double conference coming up, August 28th, 29th. need to come. (laughs) But uh, numbers of people, every number has a name. Every name has a story. Every story matters to God. Um, The number of clicks on a website matters. The number of people that register for a discipleship class matters. The number, um, for example, Shane, we were just talking about it this morning. We did a discipleship experiment last week. Um, with online discipleship. We just tried it out. We had over 20,000 views on that page one week, over 9,000 unique visits. So in one week, we were able to disciple over 9,000 people through the internet. So when people ask, you know, is New Spring discipling anybody? Yeah, we discipled 9,000 people in one week. I'll take that you know, every day. That's a win. And that's that. it has to do with numbers. We want more. When in the world did it become a bad thing when more people were actually meeting Jesus and being excited about him in the church? I don't understand where that became bad, and it's not a bad thing in this church. Um, G stands for grit, not grits. A lot of our Southern listeners just got excited. Um, grit, G-R-I-T. There's a TED Talk um by a lady, I can't remember her name. Um, hold on, Allie is writing it down. Feverishly writing it down. Angela, Angela Duckworth. What's a Duckworth? About two dollars, huh? Anyway, Angela <laughs> Duckworth did a. Uh, sorry, Angela Duckworth. It just go to um YouTube. Mm-hmm. Angela Duckworth TED Talk on grit. It's one of the best talks I've ever seen because it just shows how um. People that have the what we call whatever it takes mentality, those are the people. Those are the people that succeed in life. And so we just we just say, hey, when it comes to doing ministry, our attitude is whatever it takes. Doesn't matter. Whatever it takes. Doesn't matter. And and the beauty of that is the leadership's not going to take advantage of that. But then everybody on staff understands, hey, if this means we got to. From time to time, if we got to work on our day off, you know what? We're going to get it done. We're going to do whatever it takes to reach as many people pos- as possible while staying healthy because healthy is a value. That's right. Um, go ahead. I was gonna, I'm not going to let you move on because I really want you to take a second and share just that little uh, paraphrase of Second Samuel 23 uh, that you share with our staff and also the four statements you made of why grit so important. Yeah, Second Samuel 23 verses 9 and 10, um, there's a guy – and him and David are in a battle together. And the everybody runs away. But the Bible says Eleazar, that was his name, Eleazar stands in the field and fights with David, and his hand freezes to the sword. And so this guy is fighting so hard that his sword basically sticks to his hand. And everybody left David except Eleazar. And in my mind, I can see them standing back to back. And I, I'm not saying that's the way it happened. I'm just saying in my mind that's the way it happened. And the Bible says that the, the men eventually came back, but only to strip the dead. And I'm like, there's a guy that was like, you know what? If I die, 
I'm dying with my leader, but I'm not going to run. You can either you know run with the crowd or die with your leader, and I'm going to die with my leader. And if it takes, and this is what it takes. Um, That's and great. so grit, uh, I wrote down, grit allows us to do four things. Um, grit allows us to keep going when others quit. Uh, grit, number two, allows us to keep believing when others lose hope. And that's huge. Grit, number three, allows us to keep learning when others think they've arrived. And I just put a pause there. If you ever think you've arrived, um, you have not arrived. Number four, grit allows us to focus on what we do and not be distracted by other opportunities. Um, we, we, we do what we do. We do, do. What we do. Yeah, that was a Tony Dungy book, wasn't it? Yep. Wasn't that his first book? Yep. It was called, uh, it was his first leadership book. Um, I can't think of it. Uncommon, common. I can't remember. I'll remember it in a minute. It's or one of somebody the best will, somebody will look it's it up on Amazon. It's one of the Amazon. best leadership books I've ever it is, read. It is really great. But he was like, hey, at the end of the day, we do what we do. Tony oh. Dungy. Dang, I can't remember. I it. cannot. Somebody's. Who's got the internet in here? I know, right? Allie is feverishly <laughs> typing right now. Up, oh, Annie got it. No, Quiet Strength. Quiet Strength. Yeah. He wrote another book called Uncommon Something yeah. or Another. Quiet, Quiet Strength, Strength, is, Strength a, is awesome. Great book. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. E. I got one more. Yeah, E. <laughs> Everything matters. Everything matters. And this value is so if a staff member is pulling up in the parking lot on Sunday morning and sees a piece of trash, they can't say, um, oh, the somebody on the, you know, volunteer team will come get that or some, you know, whoever works in you know, the facilities team will get that. That's our responsibility right there. That matters. Um, anytime you walk in and you see, if you walk into the bathroom and there's paper, towel, paper towels in the floor as a staff member, you need to pick those up because that matters. You walk into any place, somebody's house, a restaurant, a place of business, and they got a nasty bathroom, man, that's that's just nasty. Anyway, so everything matters. If you see a misspelling on the website, you can't say, oh, well, the web team will get that. No, you, you need to say, hey, um, th- th- there's, a, there's a misspelling on the website. We need to fix that. If your neighbor's kid had a bad experience in our children's ministry, and you're not in children's ministry, but you know about it, you need to take that and talk to somebody about it because everything we do affects every, everything we do. That's good. And that is, I mean, in a nutshell, that's the key advantage that Patrick Lencioni wrote about in The Advantage ministries or organizations going cross disciplines to say hey i see this I, I see that let me ask some questions when when everything matters to us we get better because we see we're all just one big team absolutely uh all right now we're to the third core value the third and final core value and that is this the best is yet to come mm-hmm. number three is the best is yet to come give our listeners an overview of this and why it's important to, to include this in our core values one of the my life verses, and I heard, um, I believe it was Bill Hobbles do a message on his one of his life verses. Now I can't remember what his life verse was. It was in Psalm. It was really good. What's his life? So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, he's he's awesome. So um, I was like, man, what are my life verses? And I've kind of gone through phases like where a verse really stuck out to me. But I think the verse that's really stuck out to me since we started New Spring is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to mm-hmm. him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power. And so out of that verse, the, I've, I have to paraphrase things just so I can remember them. And I'm like, man, that verse basically says the best is yet to come. And I believe that's a core value that followers of Jesus should have for their personal lives 
But I believe that's a core value that the church should have. Because if we believe our best days are behind us, um, we're working towards history and not towards destiny. And I think destiny trumps history. We should learn from history, but we should work towards destiny. And so if we believe the best is yet to come, then um, the video team doesn't believe they've produced their best videos yet. They're always trying to get better. Um, me, personally, I don't believe I've preached my best sermons yet. I'm trying to get better. Um, the, the web team doesn't believe they've, you know, developed the best website yet. They're always trying to get better. If we ever become content with where we are as far, and I know Paul said, I've learned how to be content. He wasn't talking about leadership. He was talking about life. But if we become content as a team, the step right below contentment is arrogance. Mm -hmm. And the step right below arrogance is death. And so I don't ever want to go down those two steps. And so the way to do that is just say, hey, guys, great job. We're going to reward great work. But what else can we do? The best is yet to come. I just thought, too, the the umbrella over arrogance and contentment is lazy. That's good. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Uh, You know, we talk a lot about excellence at New Spring Church, and we want to have an excellent church and value excellence. How does this core value of the best is yet to come kind of push us toward uh, excellence? Well, people argue about that, and it kind of bothers me that um, people say, you know, I don't think the church should hold up the value of excellence when from Genesis to Revelation, that's the only picture we ever get of God. All God has ever given us was his absolute best. Um, He gave us an excellent creation. I mean, this world is one of the most beautiful things um, I've ever seen. He's given us an excellent book to get to know him by called the Bible. Um, When it came to paying for our sins, he didn't send some under-challenged angel in the back corner of heaven. He sent an excellent sacrifice Mm -hmm. in his son. Um, When Jesus was on earth, I think he provided an excellent ministry. Every healing he did was a complete healing. It was an excellent healing. He taught some excellent teachings. He told us when he left, he was going to provide an excellent God for us called the Holy Spirit. He provided for us an excellent resurrection, even folding up the garments like, hey, thanks for letting me borrow these, but I don't need them anymore. He, you know, he's going to provide us one day with an excellent return. We're all going to an excellent place called heaven. And in between then, like all God has ever given us is his absolute best. So why shouldn't the one organization on the planet that bears his name actually honor him by giving him their absolute best? And so excellence isn't my idea. I think it's a biblical idea. I think it's somebody that realizes, you know what? Jesus paid for my sins. And excellence doesn't mean perfection. But excellence doesn't mean, you know what excellent doesn't mean? It doesn't mean we're going to put somebody really bad on stage and when they do a horrible job, call it authentic. It was authentically bad is what it was. Um, Excellence is, you know what, we're going to give God our very best in every single situation doing whatever it takes um, that's what excellence is, and I think it matters in the church. That's real good. Um, you know, all of these um, DNA, all these values, these core values for our staff, I think are awesome because it gives us something to rally around as a staff, help us to make decisions in the same ways for the same reasons. Again, gives us that common language that's 
that the Bible tells us is super powerful, and there's uh, very few things we won't be able to do. But also, as a as a, in church leadership, we're trying to always be able to evaluate our staff and right. encourage our staff and and shepherd them in the right way. And so we really feel like this also uh, we can leverage this to uh, help us lead our staff better uh, when it comes to yearly evaluations. Uh, and so, how about share with our listeners how we intend to use this? to help lead and evaluate our staff. It's going to be so much fun because we're going to use our core values and we're going to sit down and and ask staff members to uh, to set some goals for themselves based on these values. And at the end of the year um and in a you know a couple times maybe during the year but at the end of the year they're going to be evaluated based on the goals that they set for themselves at the beginning of the year. Um and and we'll set some goals for them ministry goals but we're going to allow them to set personal goals and ministry goals and then we're going to be able to have conversations um, because one of the things that we've said here at New Spring is we care more about who you're becoming than what you're doing. Um, and so if I think if you're becoming the right person, what you're doing is just going to be great work. And so this allows us to enter into those conversations. Yep, I totally agree. And we'll get back to you when we figure out how to do that. We're but working on it. We're, that's a work in right, progress. Right now. We're working on it. on the oven. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the next thing, Perry, I wanted to, to just bring up uh, for, for our listeners to hear is that um, – you know, in the end, this is something we don't just want our staff to rally around, but we want this DNA to be in our volunteers and our church attenders. Um, but but why do we start with the staff, and then from there, why don't you, if you with words, can paint a picture of sort of like the the bullseye chart you shared with us uh, about uh, you know who we want to impact with this DNA. But why do we start specifically? Why do we start with the staff? Yep. Um, the the staff is the core of your church and your staff and your key key volunteers are the people that you got to fire up um if, if, when it when a bomb blows up it, it it you know have that the energy is released and that's what i told um our staff on our leadership retreat we're going to drop a dna bomb in our church and the staff has to carry that vision and they have to be um the most fired up about it because i've seen churches shane where the, the staff will be like, yeah, this is what we're doing in our church. I'm not really excited about it. And I'm like, wow, man, you know, that that's a problem. You need, need to dive into that. So if you're sitting at a desk right now, um, and this is the best way I can think of to explain this. If you're sitting at a desk, now if you're driving a car, don't, don't do this. This would be very dangerous. But if you're sitting at a desk right now, just take a piece of paper and draw a small circle um, on it, just a little circle. And then draw a circle around that circle. So now you got two circles. And draw a circle around that circle. So now you got three circles. And then draw a circle around that circle. And you got four. It's kind of like then, Sesame Street. Then you got one more circle. Okay? Now, the, 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 the first circle you drew, that's your staff. That's your core. The second circle you drew is your key volunteers. That's your key volunteers. Third circle are your volunteers. Okay, the, the second circle will be like your volunteer leaders. Third circle is like your volunteers. Fourth circle are your attenders. These are people that attend your church. Your fifth circle are your connectors, the ones that are, that are just kind of casually connecting to your church every once in a while. The key to getting what I told our um, staff is our goal is within the next year or so is to get everybody on this circle to take one step in. 
And so, because the best people hire in your church many times are your key volunteers. And the best person to make a, a key volunteer is a volunteer. Yep. And the people that are going to volunteer first have to attend the church. And so if you can get everybody on the circle to take one step in, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's, it's the concept that Truett Cathy taught. You get better, people will demand that you get bigger. And um, that's what our focus is going to be on this year. That's really great. And uh, we kind of hit this at the beginning of, of part one, but just uh, as a recap, uh, let me just ask this. Do you think this is an exercise that any pastor or leader should go through with their church or organization? And if so, why? And then what would be a good way for them to get started if they should? Well, I think it is essential for a, a team to go through. I think this is good. I think it starts with a pastor. And, Shane, honestly, the way I started it, um, and it, it – I. I make no apologies for this. Leadership starts with, you know, the senior pastor. And so as a senior pastor, I got a blank piece of paper and a pen, and I said, I wrote at the top of the page, what do I value? And then I filled up that page, I don't know, with probably 20 or 30 words. And I was like, okay, we can't have 30 core values. And so I I went through, and I was like, okay, well, this one kind of meets the same thing as this one, and this one kind of looks like this one. And this one kind of looks like this one. And th- I don't really value this one. I think I do. I'd like to say I did, but I, d- I don't really. Um, and then I narrowed it down to like 17 or 18. And then I went through another exercise and got it down to about 10. And then I brought it into you guys. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, guys. Or I asked, I sent you guys an email, and I said, I want you to bring me. I think I only let you all have three. Um, right. Most people took five. That's but right. I said, um, hey, what are three things that you really believe we value as a staff? And then you guys brought me. Um, and some of the ones that you guys brought were already on my paper. And so those were the ones where, like, all right, we need to pay attention to this. Um, and then some of the ones you guys brought up, I was like, oh, my gosh, we do value that. But I just thought that was an assumption. Um, and you can't make assumptions about your values. If they're not stated, then they're not clear. And if they're not clear, they, can't, that they cannot be assumed. You cannot assume that people know your values. And so we began that exercise where you guys took – all of those values to your teams, and your teams began having discussions with their areas, and, and it came back up. And then I remember the day we wrote all the values on the board, and we said, hey, what are the ones that um, we really, really, really want to uh, value? And then, honestly, an assistant to somebody on yep. the directional leadership team organized the way – I mean, what I just did, one, two, and three, and then C-H-A-N-G-E, that, that wasn't my idea. An assistant said, hey – Here's a great way to organize this, which is proof. Listen, we listen to everybody in in our church. So when the assistant came up with the idea, we didn't say, well, who are you? We were like, oh, my gosh, that's the greatest thing in the world. And so we took that. We put it um, in our core values. This is the way it is. And, man, it's really given our staff to be something pretty excited. They're, They're pretty excited about it. Yep, I think so too. I think it's great for us moving forward as a staff to to rally around. And so I'd encourage everybody out there, listen, if you haven't taken the time to go through an exercise like this, uh, we would certainly say it's worth it. When you find yourself getting frustrated with decisions that are being made because you wish people would make decisions like you, it's probably because you haven't taken the time to help them understand how you make decisions. And that's really what this is all about. It really is. It's good. It's good. Um, Thank you, Andy Stanley, for the idea. I know he's a avid podcast listener and and he 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 just raves about it all the time you think we're in his podcast latin's library i don't know i I don't know maybe maybe let's just say that we are well i think i like to think that we are (laughs) i like to think i like to think that yeah 
Uh, we okay. are. We'll end on that on that note of, of joy that Andy Stanley actually Woo-hoo. listens to our leadership podcast. We will sign off and say thank you for listening to these two uh, parts for the New Spring DNA, and we'll see you guys next month. <laughs>